Sunday night, the 13th of August, 2023. And this is Riasis here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Thanks for tuning in tonight. And I've got Kathy Laura, is your host, is here and making some quick last minute notes over here. And uh, Kathy, why don't you tell us about our guests for this evening? Well, uh, we have uh, joining in on our conversation today, Lucy Gonzalez and Mr. Frank Arredondo. And um, as we know, September 15th is just right around the corner, and that starts our um, National Hispanic Month. And so they're here to talk to us about an event that's going to occur here in in San Marcos. And um, as you all know that we like to start our show with our family history segment and our genealogy. So I'd like to welcome both of you to the show. And I'm sure that Mr. Arredondo would say, um, as a good caballero would say, ladies first. So we're going to go ahead and let Lucy go first. Perfect. Well, I am so excited to be on this radio show. And um, let me get started with my family history. So I am not from San Marcos, Texas, but got here as quickly as I could. I am originally from West Texas, where there is more cows than there are people. And uh, it is truly an honor to be in a community where there is a great um, mix of cultures. Where I come from, it is mainly German um, people and about 2% Latinos. So uh, my family history dates back to Mexico and Italy. So my grandma is Italian, but she moved to Mexico when she was two years old. Uh, there was a freeze in Italy, and they were olive producers. So an olive tree takes about 20 years for there to be fruit. So lost their jobs. They couldn't wait 20 years because the kids were small. So they packed up and decided on Mexico and ended up in Mexico. Then my father, which is Mexican, and my uh, mother, which is half Mexican, half Italian, married, came to the States, and my name is actually Luciola, but the only person that ever uses that is my mom when I was younger, <laughs> and she was extremely upset at me. Luciola Gonzalez, ven pa' acá. <laughs> come over here. So uh, I go by Lucy, but that's where the name comes from, and so Italian and Mexican, and oh boy, is there a temper sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So let me ask this question. Um, were there ever any stories about their truck from Italy to the United States? Did they come on, you know, by boat? And do you know how much the fare was? Or? No, actually, for them, there was, they did, they came by boat, but it was very simple. Uh, they didn't have to do all the paperwork and so forth that is done now, especially coming from Italy to Mexico. Would it have been the other way around? It would have been very difficult, but they were coming from Italy down to Mexico, and so they just came, and papers weren't even fixed until a generation later. No immigration, no, no customs. No immigration, yeah. no customs, no so forth. So they just came right over, and there is actually, there are from Saragossa, Coahuila, which there is several other Italian families that date back to that time. Of course, it's now mixed and primarily my grandma is blonde hair, blue eyes. But since my grandpa is dark skinned indigenous, mm -hmm. 
then the children were all, my mom has hazel eyes, but that's the closest. Um, all her brothers have brown, dark brown eyes, but hers are hazel with a little bit of brown hair. And for us, of course, we got no traits because my dad is also Mexican indigenous. So, so. But uh, isn't it amazing genetics how how it works? So, like, you can have a family of uh, kids, and you have you know some that are a little bit darker skin, and you have that one that has the blue or the green eyes, and it's very very light complected. Exactly. Well, and what I see is so wonderful and interesting is. America is the melting pot of of all cultures, but the more dominant features are the darker features. So a lot of people, they see darker features and they're like, oh, Latinos, you know, or they see light-skinned people and say, oh, Anglo, and that is not the case at all. From living in Mexico City, there is blue-eyed, very light-skinned people, and you hear them speaking Spanish, and it's, wow, what the beauty, and vice versa. Sometimes you, you have darker-skinned people that have don't know how to speak Spanish at all. So I, I don't think people really understand how diverse uh, Mexico is, especially when you go into Mexico City, all the different cultures that are there. Uh, you know, you've got the French were there you know, dur- during the war, and then, of course, some Italians came in. Um, Right as uh, right after the conquest, so there's just a, and of course the the Moors, a lot of the Moors, the Moors that 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 came with the Spanish. So yeah, it's a very diverse culture. I, I love I love Mexico. Right, yeah. and then on a bigger picture, Mexico is so diverse, mm-hmm. but Latin America mm-hmm. in general, you know, every single country is so diverse. Just like the states is, it's extremely diverse. Even the language, the same language, mm-hmm. but different jargon in different states of their nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when you start to look, you have Brazil, you know, a lot, a lot of the uh, French, and then you get Portuguese there too, and so, yeah, that's really interesting. So, um, Mr. Arredondo, do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about your family history? My family has been here over a hundred years. Uh, I'm one of five generations of Arredondos. My grandfather uh, came from uh, Matamoros on the other side of the border, and he made his way up. The reason he came is his mother, my great-grandmother, told him that she wanted him to get out of Mexico. That was the era of Pancho Villa. He was going around picking up all the young boys and putting them in the army. So he made his way up through uh, Sinton, and he worked as he w- they walked. He did odd jobs to get food and, and clothing that they needed on the way, and he uh, arrived in Kyle and then eventually worked himself down to Redwood, Staples area. And then he built a house, a couple of houses in downtown San Marcos. So uh, we have an interesting history here. I, I did a whole uh, hour on talking about the, my family, but uh, a short, short thing is that uh, I tell everybody, our family is as American as the people who call them, the Europeans who call themselves American. I've had uh, cousins and uh, and other members that have been DPS, uh, firefighters, the police department, worked for the FBI. Uh, So we're diverse, you know. I was in the federal government. I was mayor, I was on the city council, planning and zoning. 
we've done everything that an American typically does that people think as, of as an American. So uh, I'm going to tell you a story about green eyes and blonde hair. I worked with uh, Governor Briscoe during his term in office, and they sent me down to Laredo to, to do some front work before he came over. And <clears throat> at the end of the day, at the, at the hotel, I went to uh, the bar. And there was this bartender there, blonde-headed, green-eyed. And I said, uh, do you all have any Mexican beer? Si, cualquier es imperial. And I looked at him. <laughs> he says, hablas espanol? He said, si, como no? And he started going on and on. He talked. He gave me some words I didn't recognize <laughs> because I didn't speak Spanish hardly. And, uh, and that was my, my first eye-opening. And then I started doing some history, and you got the Chinese, the French that came in, our sweet bread, that, that flaky one. The French, that was a French uh, uh, recipe. And then you have the Chinese. That's where chili piquin and this other uh, hot, hot peppers come from. And also, if you notice the folklorico, there's Latina. And, you know, it's all intermersed, just like uh, Lucy was saying. Uh, I could go on and on, but I know we want to, to get to another segment. And before we start talking about the Hispanic uh, Heritage Walk, I want to start it off because I need to talk about somebody. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I, uh, I've been a member. I founded LULAC here in San Marcos back in the 1970s. And uh, I got a call from this young lady asking me, are you Frank Arredondo with the LULAC Council in San Marcos? I said, yes, I am. She said, you know, uh, I've been in San Marcos uh, a little while, and I noticed there's nothing that really celebrates Hispanics. And I said in my mind, well, we, we have, we had, we had big Cinco de Mayo's and we had uh, fiesta dances, etc. cetera. And, and she said, you know, I went to uh, Dunbar and they had this MLK walk. And, but I haven't seen anything about Hispanics. I said, well, yeah, I guess, I guess we haven't. I said, when we had Cinco de Mayo, we had big parades here, but that was years back when we were all younger. And she came up with this, this idea. She said, you know, uh, at the church that she was attending, she said that they made a survey of the people that were attending. And what the survey showed is that 80% were Hispanic, but they weren't Mexican all. They were from Peru, South America countries, etc. And she said, we need to celebrate that. We need to let San Marcos know that there's not only Mexicans here, but other South American Hispanic cultures here. And uh, she was a spitfire. She, you know, she was lit up and, and she got me going and I told my wife, and, and, and I don't know if he had talked to Centro already or not, but uh, Centro came up because that's a good, stable nonprofit here in town that, that does deal with the Hispanic culture. 
So we wouldn't have had this successful inaugural event had it not been for this young lady. We're blessed that she came to San Marcos in more ways than one, Lucy. Oh, but, thank you. But just, just for that, that one event, it brought out the people. I was in the, uh, in the parade, the walk, rather, that comes from Centro up to the courthouse. I was in one of those little... Uh, ATVs. Yeah, yeah, ATVs. So I was in the front. As you cross the railroad tracks coming from Centro and you look back, it was a beautiful sight. You saw everybody walking with the banners. You saw Florico dancers. You saw cheerleaders. You saw all kinds of colors. And at the uh, restaurant here on the corner, Tomataco, uh, you had people looking out the windows, you know, coming up to the door and seeing what's going on. So it was a marvelous event. And, and I credit Lucy with this because she stayed after it. And uh, she said, okay, guys, I've done it. Now you take over. <laughs> but she's still with us, and I'm glad uh, because we need her energy. I think we'll go into a break. We're going to take a quick station ID break. You are listening to Riasis here on KCSM, every, uh, kcsm.org, uh, every Sunday evening from 7 until 8 o'clock. Kathy has different guests from the community here to talk about the stories and their history and where we've been, where we're going, and uh, you know where we're at right now. That's some good stuff. Uh, we'll be right back with you after we uh, oh take a quick break and talk about some of the folks that underwrite our programming here at KCSM. KCSM.org would like to thank Truth and Light Crystal Shop for generously underwriting our programming. Truth and Light Crystal Shop, located at 171 South LBJ in San Marcos, right next to Redbud Roasters, wants to be the supplier of all your metaphysical needs with the large inventory of beautiful crystals, jewelry, candles and incense, all at affordable prices. They also provide sound bath, Reiki, and tarot card readings. That's Truth and Light Crystal Shop, located at 171 South LBJ in San Marcos, Texas. For more information, you can reach them at 512-551-0921. Join us at 11 a.m. on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month for two new half-hour back-to-back shows, Mothering Earth and Wonderful World. Mothering Earth, a show from Wimberley, features interviews with locals on important environmental issues in Hayes County. Mothering Earth will be followed by Wonderful World at 11.30. On the second Tuesdays of Wonderful World, hear all about the San Marcos River Foundation from host Diane Wasinich and her guests. On the fourth Tuesdays, host Aspen Navarro and her guests will have news from the San Marcos Greenbelt Alliance. Celebrate our wonderful world with your true community radio station, KZSM. Set your imagination free. Join local creator Karen Cross for a monthly open studio session at the Price Center from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on the second Wednesday of each month. Karen provides a friendly and happy space along with a variety of tips and techniques for creating by yourself or with others. She focuses on recycled materials and art journals. Bring a project and your supplies, or just show up and plug in. Open studio sessions are free and open to all. 
cash, and art supplies donations, of course, are always welcome. The Price Center is located downtown at 222 West San Antonio Street. For more information, please call us at 512-392-2900. Most of us like to be out in the sun. That's why sunscreen and other safety measures are key to protecting your skin from aging and cancer. The FDA recommends using a sunscreen with a sun protection factor, or SPF, of 15 or higher. Also, look for broad spectrum on the label. That means both harmful ultraviolet A and B rays are blocked. UVA rays age the skin, UVB rays burn, and both cause cancer. But the perfect sunscreen doesn't count if you use it wrong. Don't need sunscreen on a cloudy day? Wrong. 80% of UV rays still get through the haze. Only use sunscreen at the beach? Nope. Anytime you're outside, UV rays attack the skin, so you need protection. And you have to reapply sunscreen every two hours. Remember, SPF plus broad spectrum equal healthy fun in the sun. Visit www.fda.gov sunscreen for more information. A message from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And we're back with you here on KZSM.org. Uh, you're listening to Riasis. And just as a reminder that the views expressed on the show are those of the hosts, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM.org or SMTXCRA. So, Kathy, let's turn the show back over to you, and uh, let's get back to the stories. So with uh, Mr. Adredonda finishing that, that last um, uh, segue, we'll come in with this because I think this is going to fit perfectly with my next question. So, you know, here... Um, in the city that, that Mr. Adderland and myself, we grew up in, uh, kind of like the place that you were, we, you were at growing up, we're predominantly um, Anglo, um, Black, and uh, Mexican-American or Mexican. So there, for the longest time, really wasn't that much a, of a um, diversity there. And so I think when you, you don't see all these people coming in, you don't think in terms of, of all the other countries that are considered Hispanic. But now we have a university here that brings in so many uh, kids from all over the world that we're starting to see um, people that are here that come from all these countries. You know, a lot of kids come from Africa, a lot of kids that used to come here from the Asian countries, China, and now we see a large influx of uh, kids that are coming in from the Latin American countries. And even those that are coming here to our country to find a better way of life that come from places like uh, Honduras and El Salvador. Um, so, where did the inspiration or the idea come from for you for for this walk in, in the way that it has uh, manifested itself? Well, the inspiration came from, from several factors. Uh, being a young girl growing up in the community I did, truly, we did not have a voice. Um, and if you had a voice, it was because you were good at sports. And so I was a really good runner. We made it to state and regionals because of of the gifts of running that I received, you know, and um, remember having a voice, but having to use that voice for others that didn't have a voice. And when I moved here to San Marcos, I said, God, the beauty, what people in other cities and other places would do to be represented. And we have that, we have the representation, so why not let the whole world know of our vibrant culture? And, and I always say this, it's you don't have to fit in, you belong. 
And that, that doesn't, it doesn't matter what race we are. We all belong. And when we come together, because really what Mr. Arredondo was saying was that, it's the fusion of different cultures coming together in the Latino culture, too. We have the, the, the flaky bread. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's because of the Camp French. Campechanas. Campechanas, mm. yes, because of the, of the French mezclando um, uh, coming together with the Latino or Mexican culture. The Chile Piquín, same thing, from China coming together. And so it was that. It was saying, you don't have to fit in. You belong. And the program I work with is actually Community Action. And we serve several families that where we saw Hondureños, Puerto Ricanos, um, Peruvianos, all different Latinos. And they felt that. They felt, okay, I'm the only one here. And then when they came to our program, we said, wait a minute, there's this other family and there's this other family. So starting to connect the families, they were forming community. And when the Hispanic Heritage Walk came along, a lot of our families walked behind their flags. So it was that representation of saying, I am, I'm not the only one. There's more people like me living here as well. Some of them, I, I believe, were scared too to come out because a lot of them aren't documented or don't have their, their paperwork in order or are starting to get their paperwork in order. But, um, but thank goodness for that community where they can help each other out to start becoming legal or having resources to other organizations that can help them as well. We, we, Kathy, have we have we said when the date is of the walk and announced that? No, we're, let's. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, do, do you want to go ahead and let, tell us a little bit about about? Because I want to say it at least about three or four okay, times perfect. during tonight. So that's all. Perfect. <laughs> the The walk is September sixteenth at Saturday, September sixteenth at ten a.m. and it's going to start at Centro Cultural Hispano down to the historic courthouse. Uh, the reason for it starting at Centro Cultural is, is, is huge, really. It was known as the Mexican school. Just because children had a Latino last name, that's exactly where they were sent to not being Mexican. Colombians, uh, Cubanos, whatever they might have been, but they were called Mexican. And I believe that is the stereotype that we saw up until a few years ago, where if we saw Latino people, they were all Mexican because that's all we knew. It's our neighbors. But there's 21 different countries that are represented in Hispanic Heritage Walk. So, uh, you know, I know I asked you uh, when I talked to you about the Southern American countries, South American countries, and I think there's, what, like 10 or 12 there. Um, but what other countries are there that are, that, that are not there? So, like, do, do um, we consider if we go Puerto Rico, is that, is that one, even though it is a territory of the United States? And it is. So every single country is Spanish-speaking. Mm -hmm. We have included them in the Hispanic Heritage Walk. And so do, uh, did y'all include the Philippines? Is that Because I've, I've always wondered about the Philippines because it's over there in Asia. And I think for those of us that don't know the history of the Spanish, sometimes we don't think about things like that. So are the, the Philippines are included in that? No, we did not include the, the, the Philippines in there. So it was... Uh, Latino America, uh, Latin American countries, and then the, the countries that, because there's actually on Google, that's what we went mm -hmm. off of, was the 21 countries that are listed on there as the Hispanic heritage, or the Hispanic uh, countries that are celebrated during Hispanic mm -hmm. Heritage Month. 
Uh, I always wondered about that because I, I wasn't sure, and so I was like, yeah, well, I wonder if the Philippines. I wanted to ask that, so now I know. Yes. Well, well Kathy, I think what we were talking about is the Americas. Wow. I think that's what we concentrated on, not, not thinking about the Philippines, even mm -hmm. though they are a Spanish-speaking nation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that, so I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, well, we, you've talked about the Philippines when we've talked about the the war and mm -hmm. the war effort, and how a lot of times that uh, Hispanics from the area here were sent over to the Philippines because they knew how to speak Spanish, and so that's come up mm -hmm. before in the show. Well, I got something to add on that. My uncle, my mother's brother, when he went to World War II. He was in the Navy, and he got stationed in the Philippines. He liked it so much he stayed there, mm. and he married and had children. And they've, since then, they've all immigrated to the United States, uh, mostly in California, and they're my cousins. Mm -hmm. And that's a story in itself to introduce to them and their culture, because it's a little, little different than, than, than what we Hispanics are interested uh, or familiar with yeah but you know I, I i think but that that just goes to show how closely re related we all are we don't we don't think about those seven degrees of separation kind of like we talk about but you know as the conquistadores started to come in they're going to different places um people are leaving spain um they had that hierarchy over there about um, um if you had a, a title that's what you had, but if you're the brother and there was only one title, you didn't get it, and so you had to go out and make your way. And you had these brothers that came, and some went to the Philippines, some went over to the Yucatan, some went further into South America, some stayed here. And so a lot of us, we've got these, you know, cousins by blood in all these other places that we don't we don't know we have. And DNA and genetics is now telling us, and you're like, what? I've got somebody related to me over there, but this is where this comes from. And I don't think that people really understand um, the... Um, influence that the Spanish had th throughout all of the Americas that, you know, as they were this mighty, mighty power and l look what we have now, how, how di diverse we are and now the inclusion that, that we're having for each other to, to understand. And I think the funniest thing I've ever heard is when you hear a lot of the um, people that came into um, places uh, in South America that were brought in as slaves from Africa, to hear them talk about the pride that they have to be Dominican Republic or you know, for them to say that they they're from Trinidad and Tobago, right? And then you you hear the uh, the African Americans here say no, but you're 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 black, and they're like, no, we're not, you know, because they've been so immersed into this culture now. Now, did you know that Mexico accepted blacks who mm -hmm. who ran away from the plantations because but they, 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 they didn't did care not about that. no slavery, yeah. So they had a large colony mm -hmm. in Mexico. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the Buffalo soldiers ended, ended up over there in Mexico as well. Um, so tell me, um, how many of the countries do you have? I mean, uh, do you have a flag for each country? And how many country has, is there a country that doesn't have representation yet? Um, last year we did not see even that when we were at the courthouse calling out the names there was at least one person that would say my country mm -hmm. there was not a country that we named where we didn't hear somebody at the courthouse yell or say something you know mm -hmm. so i believe that every single country if i'm not mistaken was was represented there uh, could y'all think of any country that wasn't represented but it was beautiful just to see that sight of 
people walking and walking. Honestly, when, when we first came up, the, we came up with the idea in February. And Mr. Arredondo says, yes, Lucy approached, but one person can't do this. It's teamwork, you know? And God has a way of just connecting us all together, you know? And I remember thinking, who can I call? Who can I call? And talking to one of my coworkers, she said, well, why don't you give Frank Arredondo a phone call? And so I did. I gave him a phone call. And he said, well, let me think about it, so forth, and which, which I can understand, too. He doesn't know me. Like, am I going to take a chance? Am I not going to take a chance? You know? And so then I reached out to Centro. I, I already knew that I was going to reach out to both of them. And Gloria, I knew her a little bit, Gloria Salazar. And she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And then by Friday, Mr. Frank and Cindy Arredondo were like, yep, let's do it. I said, great, let's do it. But when we started this, it was really the, will people show up? It, it, is, there, is there representation? You know, Because in my program, I see representation from some countries. But what's going to happen the morning of? And so as we started the sponsorships, uh, we had, it was 21 organizations that signed up last year. And we said, okay, great. And that morning when we said, okay, there's 21 organizations that did sign up. We're putting out their banners, and now you have to wait. It's the waiting game. So who is going to show up? And probably 30 minutes before, because it was 30 minutes before, nobody was there. You know? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, people are coming, and people are coming, and people are coming. And, oh, man, I wanted to cry. I think I did cry. I'm not even going to lie. I cried. <laughs> and so it was that. It was just the people just coming in, and pets. Not only people, they had their pets and just families and everybody coming together and 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 you said that so perfect you said inclusion people just want to feel like they're a part of something exactly. and that's why there's that pride that you were saying of i am mexican or i am mexican american or i am italian or whatever it is because it gives you that sense of belonging with other people and i believe that's what the walk has brought is people that felt like they didn't belong, and now they're seeing their countries being represented in San Marcos, Texas, and say, I am a part of this community. You know, on another note, uh, it just lets us know that, that we want recognition. And I say this in, in this vein. I know when we had a proclamation for uh, at the, at the courthouse, the commissioner's court, I forget what the term was, but we were recognizing all the Hispanic families in San Marcos. The courtroom was overflowing, and the way, judge likes to take these group pictures. They couldn't even fit up there because there were so many uh, people there. You know, uh, for so long, we've been left in the shadows. And once we start talking about what's a lariat, a lasso, you know, Corpus Christi, you know, there's a bunch of terms in cities that are Hispanic names. And we've, we as a people have never been recognized because we're the ones that do all the work. We're the ones that showed them how to ride a horse, showed them how to do different farming. and. They're taken advantage of using their 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 skills, 
but to recognize them publicly and say, we're glad that you're here. That hadn't happened. And when the walk and that proclamation came up, you know, they're hungry to be recognized, to know that we belong. The other thing, the other important thing in my eyes is the children. The children see that and they have pride. They know they can stand up next to another European Anglo and be a, a, a spelling bee champion, to be on a debate team that they recognized, be in the band, be a cheerleader. So all this is for building up, or in my eyes, the youth with pride. Let's take a quick station ID break. You're listening to Rices here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. Reminder of views expressed on this show. Those are the hosts, the guests, not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. We're going to be right back with you for the second half hour of Rices tonight here talking about the, the walk. And we're going to talk some more about that when we come back. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. some of the great ways uh, that KCSM helps get the message out in the community. If you have a nonprofit, if you know of someone that does, you've got an event coming up or just a general, you want to let people know about how they can get involved with your group, please let us know. KZSMSanMarcos at gmail.com or just click on the contact us uh, while you're listening here on KZSM.org. Kathy, back to you. Um. I have I have a question for you, Mr. Arizondo. For um, a lot of uh, people, like in my father's generation, um, that came here to San Marcos, and of course, you know, the majority of them came. They they didn't have money. They were poor. They worked really hard. Um, they were insular. They didn't leave their ranches, and a lot of them came into town. And you didn't get the you didn't have the luxury to travel, so you didn't know what the outside world was like. And most of the men in that generation got to see um, outside of the United States in places like Europe because they went to a war. But the generations that came after, we were a little bit more fortunate. The, some of us got jobs that took us to a bunch of different places. You yourself you know, got to travel quite a bit. You, you didn't stay in, in, in this area. When uh, Lucy called you and said, this is the idea that I have, and because we were predominantly um, Mexican-American community here, um, did you have any reservations and did you have to think about it? I mean, what, what, were the, what was the thought process for you as you're, you're thinking about this idea that she has? I said, who is this lady? <laughs> well, truthfully, uh, when she called, I liked the idea, but I didn't know her. I didn't know her credentials. I didn't know her background. Uh, after some phone calls, uh, they said, yeah, it's great. Especially, I like the, the survey that you told us about at the church that, that you all conducted. And I started to think, think back. I said, yeah, I've, I've run into some, a lot of Puerto Ricans, and so I said, yeah, it'd be nice. And then coupled with my 
introduction in, or being the founder of the uh, community of indigenous and Tejano uh, council of uh, Hispanic and indigenous council, this fit right in. You know, what we're trying to do is give, give, I want to say admiration, give notice that we're here, that we're doing, we're, we're, we're in the community. You know, for example, who does all the roofs? Who does all the construction? Who does all the babysitting? The you road, know? the road work. Yes, construction. Yeah. So yes, that, that's that's why I I got into it. And so you decided, yeah, this this would be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy, do you have anybody from the university that participates in in this walk? Mm-hmm. In a- we do. We have uh, several sponsors: uh, the Latino Studies, the Diversity and Inclusion uh, Studies. Um, let me see. There's two other organizations, and I cannot think of their names right now. But we do. We have four different organizations from the university. Um, right now, too, we are trying to get more students involved. But what happens there is they're starting school, and then the Hispanic Heritage Walk happens. So. For next year, we're looking at starting to talk to them before they leave for the summer, and that way, once they're they're here, they already are are ready to jump right in to to the walk. But we do have four organizations that um, that have helped us, and our main speaker over at Centro is Dr. Bonanza, and he is uh, from the university. So. My my daughter and I were really really big foodies, and we we love to sample food from all all over the world. Um, we go a lot to, or we used to when she lived here in town to uh, Austin and San Antonio. And our favorite, one of our favorite things to do is to go to the uh, cultural arts place there in San Antonio when they have their Asian festival. And of course, you get to sample all the different kinds of foods from all the different countries. Um, when you have your um, your event on the 16th, do, are, do you guys have different booths from people that that um, sell food or give samples of the food from their countries? We have different people that are selling food, but we don't have different samples from different countries. Mm-hmm. That is a wonderful idea for <laughs> next, because I am a foodie too. I love tasting foods from different countries and the the it's the hole in the wall places you know (laughs) that you want to go to so here in san marcos there's several restaurants uh, the ondureño restaurant that's over there on hopkins street la La yuca i think that's what it's called Mm. so it would be wonderful i'm sure we can find most of the people that make homemade food here in san marcos to to have a booth for their country. It's kind of like the first time I had it. What is that? A pupusa? And it was like, what pupusa. is this? What is this? Yes. But, you know, it was really, really good. And I looked at it. It's like, oh, it's kind of like our gordita, but like in a different way, right? Um, and it's amazing how um, these countries and you have a different variation of the foods that you have, like, you know, our Spanish rice and how they serve it in, in the uh, Cuban uh, way. And uh, I was arroz con anzadules. And it's like, oh, wow. You know, I remember the first time I had that. And I was like, oh, wow. This is kind, black of, beans. kind of different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, the black beans. Yeah. So, um, but um, tell us a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit more about the area that it's going to be in. Do you close down the road? or We do. We actually have to get a permit. Um, and, and like I said, Gloria has so much experience in uh, event planning with Centro Cultural. 
So last year, when we first did the program, it was, uh, since we started in February, everything had to move pretty fast to September. And so uh, she was able to get the permit. She was able to close down street closures. We have a police officer at the front and then a police officer escorting us in the back. Um, so we do, we do have the road closed uh, while we do the walk. The walk takes about 20, 23 minutes, it was last year. So, of course, the bigger the parade, the, the, or the bigger the walk, the, the longer it's going mm-hmm. to take. Last year, I would say there was about 450 people. Um, and the walk took 23 minutes. This year, we're hoping to have a lot more people because as of right now, we do have more organizations signed up than we did last year. So do people just sign up or do they just show up or do they need to come through an organization to be part of this and to participate? Nope. Uh, there is the sponsorships and a lot of people walk with, with their organizations. But if they just decided, and we have a lot of those people that just see our advertisement on Facebook, on social media, or a, a banner flyer that they've seen in the community or in the newspaper, they can just show up and come and we'll be selling our Hispanic Heritage Walk t-shirt this year as well. So they can buy their t-shirts there if they wanted to represent the the walk with the t-shirt. So when you make it to the court, to the courthouse where I'm going to assume that there's going to be a speech here at the courthouse as well. Um, And entertainment, what do you guys do for entertainment? Because I'm going to assume you have all these countries. How do you decide, do you showcase a certain country uh, every year or how do you decide on the entertainment because you know uh, along with the food you have all this different music dances how do you how do you the great thing is we have a we have a dj um and um his name's ricardo payanes he's actually a teacher at hernandez elementary he's a music teacher there so he is able to incorporate all the different music from different countries Uh, We have mariachi, which mariachi is used not only in Mexico, we know it as Mexican, but it's it's used in Colombia, it's used in in other Latin Latin American countries, because Mexico has a huge influence on the Latin American countries. Uh, We have Vale Folclorico, we have Gatos 512, which is salsa music. They're actually from Texas State University, that's where they, they started playing together. Um, and so that is where the diversity comes from. Yeah, you said that, and we've talked on the show about uh, Japan. Japan has this huge underground culture of uh, lowrider culture and mariachi music, and there's a, 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 a mariachi group that tours out of Japan, and they come all over the United States and to Mexico. And it's just amazing how the, the, the Spanish culture has immersed itself in so many different places. Exactly. Um, so is there anything else that, that you want to tell us? Or, Mr. Arredondo, is there anything that, that you want to add? I guess we're going to be ready for a break. Let's here take a minute. break, and then let's come back, and okay. we'll, we'll mention about mm-hmm. one After more the time. break, we'll mention one more time. But then any closing remarks, anything that you all want to add in to bring more people in and talk about how you're going to need volunteers. You're going to be needing people to help out with this. And we've got, what, about another five, six weeks to go. So uh, something like that, right? 
enough time for folks to volunteer. So let's talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Riasis here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio, Sam Marcus, Texas. And uh, if you did get a chance to go get the newspaper today, uh, we do have our column that we have every Sunday in the Daily Record. Also, if you are used to getting the Daily Record uh, dropped off to you, it is now going to be coming through the mail. They are no longer going to be doing the uh, uh, the, post, the routes. Uh, so the uh, starting the uh, 22nd uh, coming up, I, I want to say 22nd or 29th of August. So just something to be aware of. KZSM.org, your true community radio station. What's in the daily news? I'll tell you what's in the daily news. Story about a guy who bought his wife a small ruby with what otherwise would have been his union dues. That's what's in the daily news. Read the latest news about KZSM.org, your true community radio station, every Sunday in the San Marcos Daily Record. Look for our call letters in the headline of our exclusive column. The San Marcos Daily Record has been serving our community with news, features, sports, and opinion for over 100 years. Pick up your copy at your nearest grocery or convenience store. To subscribe to the print or electronic editions, go to www.sanmarcusrecord.com or call 512-392-2458. The Lifelong Learning Organization of San Marcos fosters pleasurable personal growth by offering a broad range of stimulating and engaging courses for self-fulfillment. Subjects range from courses in art, art appreciation, history, science, writing, literature, geography, and many more. Each course will be presented by members of the community who are rich in their subject knowledge and are excited to share what they know. Whatever your age, you'll find courses to fit your interests and you'll interact virtually, well, at least for the time being, with instructors and fellow learners who share those interests. If you're interested in possibly becoming a presenter with lifelong learning, or you have ideas for topics to be offered, or you just want to find out more, please contact Marianne Reese at lifelonglearningsm at gmail.com, or you can call 512-216-6427. San Marcos, get ready for the fifth annual Triple Threat Summer of Hell fundraising event. That's right, the godson of heavy metal. This is my fifth time doing this. 18 bands, three venues, raising money for San Marcos True Community Radio. We got online ticket sales going. Three-day festival. Come check us out. August 24th, 25th, 26th. August 24th, 25th, and 26th, and you may not be into the heavy metal, I don't know, but uh, we do have both Hispanic and uh, Anglo heavy metal as well. Uh, El Cachui uh, is uh, one of the bands that we're going to be having on one of the night, and we've had, uh, uh, it just, it always amazes me how music can just go across all spectrums of people sometimes, and uh, that's just one of those heavy metal also as well. So, Kathy, turn it back to you. You mentioned that um, you had about 450 people who walked last year, and um, you you said that, and a thought crossed my mind, and I think um, if you continue to grow this and, and it gets bigger, the reality of the situation is there's only so many people we can put on this small uh, courthouse lawn, so you're going to be faced with the... Um, the dilemma of where you're going to go to if you do grow this. So 
I, I want to have you back so we can kind of talk about that and, and where you guys may go to in the future. But, you know, as we're going hitting our last segment and we're going to close this down i'm going to turn it over to you guys and let you tell us the the things that you want us to know and uh, you can tell us once again when and where uh for the event okay so the event is september saturday september 16th at 10 a.m over at centro cultural hispano starting out there and culminating at the hayes county historic courthouse um, we are, we're inviting all the people of the surrounding areas, just like we did last year, because it wasn't only people from San Marcos, it was people from surrounding areas. And we have already thought about that, about when we grow, because we are, and of, of uh, possibly launching out to different walks in Kyle, in New Braunfels, all on the same day. So having, we have a designer we work with, and this designer, she, she would launch one and every single city would be using the same design for the banners and so forth to be walking in the, in the flag. So we have thought about that. But um, we invite you to follow us at uh, Hispanic Heritage uh, Walk, I'm sorry, Hispanic Heritage Exhibition Walk on Facebook and on Instagram through our social media pages where you can get more information and uh, volunteers are always welcome. Last year we had several organizations that brought their volunteers, but if you're there and you want to volunteer, just come up to us that morning and we have a place for you. Mr. Arredondo? I want to encourage uh, the local schools to participate. Uh, we do have the Mariachis from San Marcos, but we also have from Kyle, the Lehman uh, High School, the Mariachi program. But the, the children, the students at San Marcos High, at the junior highs, they should come, uh, not only for seeing what's going on, but to become part of it. We need to have some uh, college student participation. Like Lucy said, we're working for next year to have them already on board before they go to the summer break, so they'll be ready when they get here. One of the problems is the uh, football games. But there is a football game that night at the university, and our flags are going to be flown there. And I just, I was kind of thinking about this. This is going to be one of the first events uh, here on the grounds of the, uh, uh, right after they've done all the work. So uh, I, again, fingers crossed there, but I, I think everything should be in good shape. But that could be interesting, uh, depending on how dry it is. With uh, Basically, all of the grounds have been redone at the uh, historic courthouse downtown. And so they are just now kind of coming back up and I know this is going to be one of the first events out there. So we'll keep our fingers crossed. And we have a little bit of time. And I, I, Mr. Arizona, you know, I, I like to talk about the uh, cultural aspect of the Mexican-American community. And can you tell me, um, growing up with your mother and your father, tell me a consejo that, that they gave you that stays that has stayed with you to this day? If you had given me some time, I would have thought something would come up right now. But, you know, uh, one thing, my grandfather was instrumental in getting Cuauhtémoc started. It first started uh, where the tennis courts are. He, he and some other men put some money, put a slab there. Then they moved it to Chapultepec, and there's, the slab is still there. 
then finally over to where his present location. But my cousin B. Diaz, who has passed, and I were on floats because they had floats around town uh, before the, the fiesta started. I'm also showing some old photographs uh, in the tuxedo being a paje on stage with the queens. Mm -hmm. So we've been involved in, in some of those events here in town way back before it's gotten to, the, to this day where we're, we're getting recognized and we're participating all over town. Okay, well, I think we'll go ahead well, and... Uh, we still have a few more minutes, if there's... Unless, um, I, I like what you were asking, Mr. Arredondo, about with the, the influences, but I, I, as the political junkie here that hosts the uh, Friday night show, uh, We the People, I do need to ask about maybe a story about when you first became mayor and the the cultural barriers that you had when you were running for political office and once you were in you know they, we talk about uh the perceptions of hispanics you know, we're talking about everyone felt you know mexicans well and you know just do you have any stories there i do do you have time well, <laughs> we've got about seven more minutes yes well first of all uh when i when i became mayor I used to go to the Kiwanis and the Lions Club, and I'd walk in and I had my coat and tie on, of course, and uh, I'd hear saying, the mayor's supposed to be here. Where is he? Where? I say, uh, I'm the mayor. You're the mayor? I was 29 years old, and so I grew, started growing a mustache. The other thing is that uh, since I was a college graduate, not that it's good being a college graduate in all instances, but I was able to shine on the council because there was two Anglo councilmen who gave me a hard time all the time, and they were from the the old, older than me at that time, and uh, they fought me. Uh, and there's, it's a big story that I could go into, but to tell you the truth, they always opposed everything that I. I wanted to do or was supporting, but because I was able to let them talk, it did not come up and give my perspective and why we had to do it. I got the votes on the council to to do what we wanted to do. The uh, El Pescado Wallace edition in Victoria, they didn't have paved streets, less curbs and, and uh, sidewalks. Well, I had to cut a deal with, with the other council people because we were using revenue sharing funds, which were the beginning of community development, development funds today. They wanted to use the funds to be placed behind the neighborhood, behind Grins. And I opposed it. I said, because the law says it's for the low to moderate income people in the community. Long story short, I was able to get that done. The, at that time, uh, there was a newspaper, the Hayes County Citizen, who had these editor, uh, cartoon editorials. And there was a, a picture of, you know where the Parks Recreation Building is now? That was the uh, police station. They showed 
uh, uh, ambulance backed up to the door, and it was someone in the gurney, and there was somebody with a coat and a tie and a mustache and black hair, and they said, what happened to the mayor? He's got cleat marks all over his back. You know who cleat is, right? Combined Law Enforcement of Texas, uh, because I was taking on the police chief at the time. Uh, there's several other stories I had to go into. You know, uh, one of the things that was happening too is that golf course by what was Camp Gary. What's the name of that golf course? You remember it? Um, well, Quail Creek. Quail Creek. Yes. That was outside the city limits, but the police chief at the time had his officers out there patrolling, and it came to my attention, and I told the city mayor. And a body says, I'll take care of it. Remember, you're my boss. I'm their boss, the police boss. So I'll, I'll take care of it. He never did anything. So come uh, budget time, I cut all the, all the ammunition bullets that he wanted. The second year came around, nothing had happened. So the new cars I got, I got the council to slash them off the, the thing. Well, three months later, the police chief was gone. So those are just some of the things that come to mind now, but there was, there's a lot of things that went on. I, I could write a book if I knew how to write. Well, well I would like to encourage you to do so. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I'd like to have him back on. You know, we've talked about that again, but uh, I just, and briefly while we were talking about Hispanic heritage, and I think that's important for people to realize that this is a snapshot. We talked about this on the show is that it was not that long ago that uh, the Hispanic culture and the minority cultures were shut out of local government here in the city of San Marcos and uh, Hayes County. But so well, I, even today, I mean, look what's going on well, over at true. Wallace Edition. They're just getting sidewalks right now. Yeah, yeah, and we're still trying to figure out uh, when those sidewalks are going to get finished, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and one thing I said, and this is to do with the Hispanic Heritage Walk, the exhibition, is is that we, our generation, is walking behind the steps of people that have paved the way for us. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to fight as hard as the generations before us. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Arredondo paved the way for many of us. And the same thing we're doing, we're paving the way for generations behind us and so forth, you know. Um, the si se puede, I said, ya se pudo. You know, so we are walking into something that is already ours. And, and when I mean ours, it's not Latinos. It's ours to, to whoever wants to step up. African-American, Asian-American, um, whatever race wants to step up. It is ours, all of us. And that is what we want to focus on during Hispanic Heritage Exhibition Walk. It is for the melting pot, for all of us to come together, not just Hispanics, but every single culture mm -hmm. to come together. All right, and on that note, Kathy, uh, thank you very much. And uh, Lucy, Mr. Ardondo, thank you for coming in today. And uh, Kathy, anything else real quick? Uh, no, uh, we hope that you will all come out and support this event in September. 
All right. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Races here on KZSM.org. We'll be back with you next week on Sunday night, 7 to 8 o'clock. And if you did miss this show, we will have that out there for you on podcast. So go look at our Rice's Facebook page and we'll have that posted. Thank you very much. <laughs>